History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. America and happy Friday and welcome to the latest edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Today, we're going to take you uh, to two great places. First, the great state of Arkansas, where former Governor Mike Huckabee is going to join us. He is obviously one of the most important voices in all of conservative politics, one of the great thought leaders of his generation. It doesn't matter whether it's states' rights and federalism or how to shrink the budget in America and everything in between. He has his finger on the pulse of the conservative movement. So Governor Huckabee, whose daughter, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, has now succeeded him as governor in Arkansas. So a second generation governor. Pretty exciting. We'll talk to him about that, I'm sure, as well. In fact, Governor Huckabee Sanders has made a move to start to reduce and eliminate Arkansas's state income tax. A move, by the way, that's sweeping across a lot of the country. How about that? Many states realizing they don't need an income tax to get by. So we'll start the show off today with Governor Huckabee, and we will end up in Tulare County, California, which is hundreds of miles away from the border, but which had one of the most heinous, horrific crimes in recent history. Six members of a family, including a 16-year-old with her 10-month-old baby, shot dead execution style by drug cartels that are moving across the southern border. Think about that, hundreds of miles away in Tulare County. A family's victimized because of the open border. A reminder that every state, every community is now a community border in the Biden years. The influx of the cartels and human trafficking and drug trafficking combined with the movement of illegal aliens into the interior of the country has created a situation we haven't seen in American history before. And Tulare County is one of those places that experienced the deadly wrath of these policies, this ignorance of the open border. And today... The sheriff from Tulare County, Sheriff Mike Bordeaux, is going to join us. He's going to tell us what happened to that family, why it happened, how it's connected to the border. These are very important anecdotes to remind this country that there are lethal consequences from fentanyl, from gang wars, from 
cartel executions and other episodes that we see every day in our country. Carjackings, drunken driving, all committed by illegal aliens in this country. We're going to cover that with Sheriff Mike Bardot at the second half of this podcast. So we'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have the one and only Mike Huckabee, former Arkansas governor, great thought leader of the conservative movement. He'll be right around the corner after we hear from our amazing sponsors, partners, and advertisers. We'll be right back. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner and bam, your home is not in your name and all of a sudden debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. Folks, Factors delicious ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Our next guest, he doesn't need an introduction. He has done so much over the course of his career, including leading the great state of Arkansas as its governor and running for president for the United States. And today, I believe, is one of the most important thought leaders in the conservative movement. He is former Governor Mike Huckabee. He joins us right now. Governor, good to have you on the show. John, with a send-up like that, my goodness, I would like to come on just to hear those nice things about me that I certainly don't hear on social media, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. What's up with those folks? Hey, they got to re- they got to research your bio a little bit better. They don't know the real Governor Huckabee. They're all true, which is the great benefit of that introduction. 
Welcome to the show. Great to have you on, sir. Well, it's my pleasure. There's certainly a lot to talk about. The, you know, I, while we're trading compliments, um, I hope people follow you regularly. I know that in my newsletter, we quoted you extensively, and your reporting on uh, this whole document story has just been stellar. And if it wasn't for the fact that you're a conservative and you tell the truth, uh, that'd be Pulitzer Prize stuff. I mean, you bre- you're breaking not just news, you're breaking ground with this. And I hope people subscribe to uh, to your channel, Just the News, and get your podcast because, uh, quite frankly, when there's something breaking, I find out what John Solomon's saying about it because usually I'm led the right way. Thank you, sir. That means a, a whole lot to me. It really does. This episode has, I think, allowed us to have two windows into a debate that I think America still needs to have. And the first one is the dual system of justice that we see, whether it's Donald Trump being raided, Joe Biden not being raided, to even something as simple as James Comer got a letter back from the National Archives, the same National Archives that for the whole time after the Mar-a-Lago raid was blabbing about everything that they knew about Donald Trump. They can't give Congress, which has legitimate oversight authority, a single piece of information unless the Justice Department warrants it on Joe Biden. Dual system of justice, it keeps playing out and becoming larger and more exacerbating every day. How do we fix it? Well, it won't be fixed until the mainstream press gets a belly full of it. We're beginning to see a little bit of the frustration in the White House press briefing room because they keep asking questions and they get stonewalled. They're told, go call the DOJ. They call the DOJ and the DOJ says, talk to the White House. And the White House says, well, we can't discuss it. And the DOJ says, oh, yes, they can. They can discuss anything they want to. They're not bound by any particular rules. And the People in that press room, I think, are finally being realized, are finally realizing they're being played. They're being played for chumps. And if they keep sitting there and taking it that way, well, then they deserve it. But I'm hoping that somewhere in that room, other than a couple of Fox journalists, there will be some people from the mainstream media that will say, that's enough. These people are not being truthful. They're hiding criminal activity. And it's time for us to, uh, to expose it for what it is. Yeah, it is. And it does seem like they feel like they're on a merry ground and they're getting a little more frustrated, which may be good for the media. I think there's also a moment of inflection now as we see how often the media was fed a bill of goods that we now know to be false. And the Twitter files have, I know, shocked a lot of my colleagues that I used to work at the Washington Post with or the Associated Press. There seems to be a slight awakening that maybe the people they put their trust in have been constantly misleading them. I hope this gives them a moment of inflection so that they get back to truth-seeking and not political outcome building, which it seems like they've been doing. The second part of this story, because it's going to reopen that window into the Biden family foreign influence peddling scandal. The University of Pennsylvania, big recipient of China money. Most of that China money comes in while Joe Biden is affiliated, making a $911,000 payment from the university. It seems as though this is a new way for a Congress and others to look back and say, every time Joe Biden collected money later down the road, he does something that seems to be very favorable to the moneyed interest that enriched him or his son. The latest pattern, UPenn, of course, gets all that money, gets Joe Biden. And then when they want the FBI's counter espionage program on China closed down, by golly, within two weeks of the request, Merrick Garland delivers for the University of Pennsylvania. That pattern, which we saw in Ukraine with the firing of the prosecutor, seems to keep recurring. It seems like Congress is beginning to zero in on that. How important is that? 
it's critically important. And I think James Comer has uh, been right exactly at the right place. Uh, he is showing a level of tenacity that we have desperately needed. Um, I'm so glad that the House Republicans are doing the things they're doing. They're actually keeping their promises. And between what Jim Jordan is going to do, the Judiciary Committee, what uh, Omer is doing, uh, there's going to be some things that are so blatant that they cannot be ignored. And I really do believe we're looking at political scandals involving the Biden crime family that make every controversy that we've seen, whether it was in the Clinton administration or whether it was Iran-Contra during Reagan, uh, Watergate, doesn't matter, will pale in comparison to what we find because we've never seen a U.S. president who had these kind of ties to our enemies, communist China, uh, to Russia, all the while pointing their finger at their opposition and blaming them for the things they knew they were doing. And I think that's one of the things that makes this so very, very dastardly is they have made a wonderful, uh, almost an art form of accusing people of the things that they themselves know that they're engaged in. Yeah, it's a case of projection. That's right. They can't, they were accusing the Trump administration of the very things that they themselves were ultimately involved in. It's so remarkable to see that boomerang. Now, McCarthy has had a pretty remarkable two-week start to his speakership. A lot of important votes that were promised to the American people, but also a lot of tough votes for Democrats. Democrats crossing over on some of the China Select Committee and other China votes. It seems like they're off to a good start. What's your over-under on the early Republican leadership of the new House? I think Kevin McCarthy has exceeded the expectations that many people had for him. I'm not as surprised. I, I think I've known Kevin a long time. Uh, he's always been somewhat hampered by either being in a minority position or being second in command. Uh, so we've never had the opportunity to see Kevin doing what Kevin is doing right now, and that's take the leadership role and run with it. Uh, I do feel it was unfortunate that some of those House members held off for so much. Uh, I know that a lot of people thought that they were being incredibly patriotic. They got some concessions, and that's fine. But here was the telling thing about all of that, John. They said it was all about principles. But when it got down to it, what they said was, we want to make sure we get good committee assignments and that we don't get punished for being 10 percent that tried to dictate to the 90 percent. I'm speaking as a person who had to govern. And I remember when a handful of people thought that they could basically hold hostage the entire process. Here's my problem with what some of these folks did. Now, some of them came through. Chip Roy is a good example of a guy that when he got what he thought was important, and he didn't demand anything for himself. But there were a lot of those folks, good people. My PAC supported every single one of them. So I'm not speaking about people I don't like. I'm speaking about people I liked enough to give money to. But the fact is, when they started talking about what they wanted for themselves, I said, that's not a principled issue. That's a personal one. Because if it's principled, here's what you say. I'll take my stand, and if it costs me everything, including a chairmanship or a membership, if it costs me relationships, I'll stand because it's principled. When you're principled, you don't care what the consequences are to yourself. When it is about yourself, you make that the criteria for getting what you want. 
Yeah, it's such an important distinction. And I think the principal part of that fight is now becoming more and more apparent to everyday voters and Americans. They're seeing, really, this wasn't about personal gain. It was about getting a set of rules that could change the way that a corrupt Washington was operating. And hopefully the next few months will bear that out. I want to go to some issue that I thought of all the 2016 presidential candidates. You played the most important role in highlighting federalism and states' rights. You showed it as a governor. I mean, the way you rewrote the rules and the healthcare system and the education system in Arkansas were historic, and they showed the importance of federalism and state rights. And when you got on the national stage running for president, you made federalism an education point of your campaign. It seems like today we have these extraordinary governors in so many places that are have been very effective in shrinking the Biden agenda by going to court or exercising their their roles, whether it's on mandates or the student loan forgiveness, which clearly has no legal basis for it. Are we in an extraordinary moment of a revival of federalism, one that maybe our founding fathers would be pretty proud of? Boy, I sure hope so. I, I think more people have done something that a lot of politicians in the past failed to do. They read the Constitution. They clearly understood that the federal government has been taking on responsibility that it simply did not have, but nobody challenged him. So two things have happened. One, governors and attorneys general around the country have read the Constitution. They know where the limits of the federal government should be, and they're pushing back through the courts, but they're also pushing back through the public marketplace. And they're making it very clear to members of Congress and to the American public that the federal government shouldn't be engaged in some of these activities. What people fail to fully understand about the Dobbs decision regarding abortion last June in the Supreme Court was that it didn't decide whether abortion was a good or a bad thing. Uh, It's said that whatever you decide about it, you're going to have to decide at the state level where this should have been all along. So when people tore their garments and acted like, oh, no, it's the end of abortion or, uh, oh, no, it's, uh, you know, the, the end of the world. Well, it's none of that. In some states, there are actually far more abortions than there used to be because those states are abortion friendly. But it was all about the simple understanding that the federal government didn't have that role. And the Tenth Amendment is explicitly clear. It says that if it's not enumerated as a power in the Constitution, then it is assumed to be under the domain of the states. And that's how we ought to be approaching it. Washington should be a much smaller city. There should be far fewer employees in the federal government, and there ought to be far fewer decisions being made in Washington that affect the general public. That's true federalism, and it's what we've been missing for a long time. Yeah, it really, it has been missing from the equation for at least a couple of decades, and it seems to have been so revived. One of the interesting dynamics, Washington continues to spend more and more money. Now we're proud when we only have a trillion, $1.4 trillion deficit, which is kind of crazy to see a Democrat brag that that's all it was last year. It was only $1.4 trillion the budget deficit, but you're seeing states not only continue to maintain their budgets and balance them, contrary to Washington, they're also beginning to cut and eliminate state income taxes. I think there's more than a dozen states that have made moves toward no or lower income taxes. And I know your daughter now, the brand new governor of Arkansas, following in your footsteps, she's on the path to do the same. States are showing you can live on less tax money and still be a good government. Do you think Washington picks up on it? Uh, I wish they did, but I don't think they do. One of the reasons that I'm on the steering committee for the Balanced Budget Amendment Committee, it's a national group, many of us on that committee are former or current governors, Uh, but states have to balance their budgets by law. 
And I think many of us are convinced the federal government will never do it, will never even attempt to do it until they have to. And that's what we really feel like has to happen, a constitutional transformation that says that the budget must be balanced at the federal level, just like it is at the states. I'm glad to see states recognizing that there, there's got to be a balance. You have to raise money through some kind of tax to pay for everything from uh, just your basic emergency services to education and funding prisons and taking care of Medicaid. Uh, we often said as governors, there are three basic things you do in the state budget, educate, medicate, and incarcerate. Those are the three things that take up usually 90% of a state budget. So you have to fund that. But you ought to fund it with some sense of saying, we're going to be careful about not raising more money than we absolutely have to have. Because when you get more money than you have to have, you end up saying, you know, it would be a wonderful thing to do X, Y, Z. And so you do it. Not because you have a mandate constitutionally to do it. You do it because it's just good politics. And when you cut taxes, what you do is you force yourself to live within a more restrained budget. And ultimately, people keep more of their own money. They can do with it what they want. Yeah, that's so empowering, too, once they realize, hey, I can have some of my money back that I've just gotten used to paying to the government. It is liberating. And I think people really saw that. A remarkable outcome of the Trump tax cuts. And by the way, you were one of the most important voices in helping Americans understand why those tax cuts were so important. Your campaigning for the tax cut package was so important. The government collects more revenue today on a lower tax base than it did when it had higher taxes because you get that sort of economic growth. It seems like more people need to educate the public on the impact of the Trump tax cuts because they actually created more tax revenue with a less tax rate. That is something that has been proven by the CBO and others. Is that become a selling point for maybe future tax cuts by Republicans in Congress? I think it has. Uh, what the Trump tax cuts did, and he took such a beating for it. But the truth is, it supercharged the American economy. People ended up with $4,000 of, of personal uh, benefits that they didn't have as a family. Think about that. Every American family, $4,000 better off. I mean, that's a lot of money for a, most American families. And that's what the Trump tax cuts were able to do and provide. So, you know, when people say, oh, those tax cuts, it only helps the wealthy. That's simply not true. And, and quite frankly, John, the wealthy are going to be okay. They're going to be okay because they have a mountain of attorneys and tax lawyers and CPAs who are going to protect them. But the guy who's working the gig economy, driving an Uber, waiting tables, the person who works at a factory, uh, that person doesn't have a building filled with attorneys and CPAs. And that person simply needs a tax cut because that person, uh, that tax cut, it's real money in his pocket to do real things that he cannot do unless the government gets off his back and gets his hands out of that guy's pocket. Yeah, so important. Last question, because I know you had a little bit of fun with this in the last few hours. The New York mayor seemed to realize that, hey, this open border isn't a good thing for his city. That might have been propelled a little bit by Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott sending some of the illegal migrants his way. But he called for a border czar, apparently unaware that we already have one in Vice President Kamala Harris, though she's never been to the border or done anything. But I think an extraordinary moment where the border policy of Joe Biden has boomeranged on Democrats in multiple ways. You had a fun reaction to that. I think Democrats are starting to get a little worried about this open border, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. I tweeted that Mayor Adams was calling for the appointment of a border czar 
He apparently didn't realize, oh, we've got one. But, you know, as I said, in my, I don't hold that against him because I don't think our border czar is aware that she is the border czar. I mean, Kamala Harris, Kamala, whatever Joe calls her this week, she has no idea she's the border czar because she's done nothing about it. Yeah, uh, it's an extraordinary abdication of duty. The Homeland Security Secretary doesn't seem to be in charge of Homeland. It's a pretty remarkable moment, but it seems like Congress is about to dig in. James Comer is going to have a big hearing on the border, and I think that starts the form of oversight that maybe leads to some changes or enforcement of the law finally. Governor, it is such an honor to have you on the show. We always enjoy your insights, and thank you for the time today. John, it is a pleasure every time I get to speak with you. Thanks for what you do and keep up the good work. I will, sir, and God bless you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Welcome back, everybody. You might have heard a story just a few days ago. A very young mother, 16 years old, was holding on to her 10-month-old son and running for safety when she, her baby, and four others were gunned down in a small central California town. The sheriff that is elected to oversee Tulare County said he wouldn't rule out the possibility of this being carried out by the cartel, but it carries uh, some similarities to other high-ranking gang-affiliated criminals who commit executions. So joining us now to give us an update on this heinous crime and their ongoing investigation is Tulare County Sheriff Mike Boudreaux. Sheriff, thank you so much for being back here with us. 
I sure appreciate the invitation. We're, we're happy to have you. I, I hate the reason. Uh, I hate that, that we are having to talk about this story. It's disgusting that it happened. Um, and, and I just gave some of the, the borderline or the surface details in the beginning. What else have you learned that you can share with us? Well, let me tell you the, the beginning of the story. I think most people already know it, but it, it's important. Um, so what, what we first learned on the 911 call was that there was multiple shots being fired. When deputies arrived, they did, in fact, find several dead bodies. But what made this uh, so horrific is that this was a family. Uh, they were all related for the most part, except one. It was a girlfriend to one of the people who lived there. But she was uh, with the family so long, she was considered uh, a wife. Um, as deputies are in the front yard, they see a, a small body, apparently a female, and a small infant lying wrecked next to the female. Uh, both had received gunshot wounds to the head. As we began investigating this crime, it became very, very clear that this was an execution-style massacre. Uh, this was very deliberate. Uh, the amount of time that it took for them to get inside murder, massacre six different people and leave uh, was very short amount of time. From the dispatch call of service at 0338 until the time we arrived was just shy of seven minutes. So most of this had occurred uh, probably within less than five minutes time. The 911 call actually came from a surviving female who was hiding uh, under a bed in a, in a trailer on the property. Mm. Oh, what fine. we have learned since, and I go to your original question, what we have learned since, um, it, it, there's a great deal of information that I would love to be able to share uh, with you. And we know quite a bit. We know quite a bit about this story. Not all the details and not everything do we know, but we know a lot. And I have to be very careful because what we have learned is, is that the cartel, as well as our uh, the gangs uh, in our area and up and down the state of California, they do the same as we all do. They watch the news. We even have some intelligence uh, from uh, our local gang uh, on information that we shared on the news. That's how they receive their information. So I have to be very careful what I share. But what I can say is that the community has come out uh, with open arms around uh, this family. They've come out uh, trying to give as much information as they possibly can. We've asked for nearby surveillance video of anyone who would have it on their house and or businesses in the area. People are coming forward with that type of information. And then as well as what we're happy to see is we have an, uh, a reward. Initially, it was $10,000. That has been raised to $25,000. We just received an anonymous, I say anonymous, he asked asked us that he remain anonymous, but we received some money from uh, a concerned citizen uh, out of New York. And so this story has not only gone nationwide, but it has gone around the world. We have someone in our office where their parents live in Peru, and this story was on their local sto story. And the reason that I think it's so impacting is because most of our communities are impacted by this type of cartel violence. Many of our communities already know that they're here. Um, many people turned a blind eye to it when it comes to uh, the media and, and people within our government in California because uh, we have such a soft, soft on crime approach uh, with California government, which is unfortunate. And then finally, and I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, but finally, we have a very... Uh, we have a very alarming concern when it comes to our unsecured open border uh, with California and Mexico. 
Yeah. Uh, when you hear the cartels are involved and there's some retribution or whatever the motive of this attack is, it's a reminder that the ease in which these gangs move across the border and carry their business from south to north, east to west, it only has gotten easier over the last couple of years. In a different time, in a different era, would it, a crime like this maybe have been preventable because we weren't allowing so much free trafficking across the border? Well, I would argue that it's less likely. What we're what we're seeing is far more uh, people who are undocumented in our in our community alone. Populations are increasing. California's population is increasing of undocumented persons coming into the area. Now, we all support the idea of someone coming in and making a better life for themselves. But the reality of it is what we're seeing come across the border are unvetted people. We have the cartels going back and forth. We have human trafficking. We have sex trafficking. We have gun running, illegal guns coming into the United States. And what do gangs want? Gangs want guns. Um, and so the connection between the cartels and gangs, many times they're married uh, together. The cartels will bring the narcotics and illegal drugs, guns into the United States, and the gangs distribute them. And so there's a very close, tight-knit connection between them. But back to the story that we had with the slaughter of the family, this was a cartel-style execution because the message was very clear. This was a message being sent. And for anyone to deny the fact that this was not some type of message is ignorant to how these illegal cartels and, and gangs operate. This family was massacred. There wasn't supposed to be anybody left alive. You know, it's the, one of the most devastating aspects, I think, of all of this is the fact that we now have political leaders criticizing the actions. They're, they're playing armchair quarterback uh, when it comes to law enforcement. I remember it was a very eerie feeling watching Barack Obama criticize Cambridge uh, Police Department. And now we have Joe Biden acting like he can do the job of law enforcement better than they can. And he said something really strange. I want, I want to get your reaction to this policies to emphasize de-escalation. We have to retrain cops as to why should you always shoot for de with deadly force? The fact is, if you need to use your weapon, you don't have to do that. And look, to call a fresh approach to recruit and how we recruit, how we hire, how we train, how we promote, and how we retain, retain law enforcement. Wow. Sheriff, do cops need to be retrained or do they just need to be allowed to do their job? You know, let me say this. I think that our law enforcement in this country is some of the finest well-trained law enforcement in the world. Um, I can speak for California. I can speak for my agency. We receive de-escalation training. We receive use of force training. Uh, we, we know when it's the uh, legal and appropriate time to use our weapon in the use of deadly force. We are highly skilled and highly trained. You know, the implication that you don't always have to shoot to kill uh, would imply an old Western movie that you just kind of want to shoot them in the hand and shoot the gun out of their hand or shoot them in the arm or leg and, you know, and they walk away okay. But the reality of it is even if you shoot someone in the leg, it is a very uh, dangerous, deadly situation. And to be honest with you, I've been in this job 36 years. I've been involved in officer-involved shootings. And the last thing I was thinking was to shoot someone in the hand. Um, that, that is not reality. Uh, that's movie. That's propaganda. Uh, when an officer pulls his weapon to use his weapon, there's a very specific reason for that. We face cartels and gang members who are all armed, quite frankly, many times better armed than we are. Uh, and the dangers and even to imply 
that shooting someone without the idea, uh, with the idea that you just want to shoot him in the leg is, is what was implied by that. Uh, and that's not what he said, it, shooting in the leg, but he implied such. Uh, that's that's not reality for law enforcement. I've been in dark alleys, very uh, not very well lit. I've been in situations where I'm outnumbered and by myself. Um, and, and those stories are true with law enforcement all across this country. No officer wants to shoot and kill somebody. They don't. I don't know anybody that I've talked to that says, look, I'm going to go out and shoot and kill somebody if I have to today. Uh, many officers that I speak to say, look, the last thing I want to do is use my weapon. And we receive exactly what he's talking about when it comes to de-escalation. Yes, that's important. Uh, a whole nother right. subject matter would be mental health uh, and what's happening with our mental health program in this nation. Our mental health services completely failed. Um, and so there's a lot of different scenarios that go into that. When you end up with a mental health situation, um, the services aren't there, quite frankly. All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna wrap things up for the day. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful you can join us today. I really enjoyed the time we had today. We were really having a serious conversation with the sheriff when you begin to realize, Amanda and I, how many people's lives are affected 
hundreds, thousands of miles away from the border by what's going on, you have to ask yourself, why isn't this country more outrage? And the answer is, we don't know. Hey, before you go, I want to mention a couple stories we did at Just the News today. My great colleague, Natalia Middlestat, put together seven dozen, eight dozen emails from the Hunter Biden laptop showing that Hunter Biden lived at his Wilmington, Delaware father's home in 18 and 19 during a time when he's pursuing Chinese business deals and why he's going through his addiction. That is the same home. Yes, you're asking, is that the home? It is. It's the home where the classified documents were found. Congressman James Comer, head of the Government Oversight Committee, is raising concerns about Hunter Biden's access proximity to those documents in light of what we found. That's a really good story to take a look at. Another one, my good colleague, Greg Piper, who we had on the show just a few days ago, really taking a look at the FAA making a major medical change on heart conditions for pilots, saying there's new scientific evidence driving it, but they won't say what that scientific evidence is, whether it's related to COVID, to the vaccines, to some other ailment we don't know. We're going to keep digging on that one, but a very important story there by Greg Piper, who does such a good job keeping us abreast of all of the medical twists and turns in public health today. All right, folks, have a great rest of your Friday. This weekend, we'll have some great shows, a fun conversation tomorrow with the restoration of America PAC leader and founder. That's one of the more influential political committees in politics today in Washington, actually really in the middle of the country out in Chicago. We're going to have a great conversation there. And then on Sunday, an all-star lineup, Lou Dobbs and Monica Crowley, among many great guests. So be sure to tune in on Sunday for the brunch edition of John Solomon Reports. We'll have you well covered. All right, folks, that wraps it up. Have a great Friday evening. God bless you. God bless this extraordinary country, the United States. And thank you for listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34-plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.